0: Welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of.
1: I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. And today we've got a recording of an Instagram live that you, Emily, did with Corey Leger about when art
0: is worth doing. Yes. So I just finished up this conversation with Corey yesterday. She is one of my oldest friends. We met in uh, high school doing theater Um, and she's now she's an actress, a voice coach or a voice actress and a creative strategy coach. Um, She's pretty badass. And Mm -hmm. we talked about um, we talked for forever about when is it worth creating, right? Mm -hmm. When the world is burning, when you have a thousand responsibilities, like when is it worth making art? Um, And is it worth it if no one ever sees it? Mm -hmm. Um, So I talk a lot about my journey, um, answering these questions for myself, um, both when I decided to come back into writing and when I left my environmental justice nonprofit job to Mm -hmm. start Golden May with you. Yeah. Um, And so this one is for any writers who have ever asked, is my writing even worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and prepare to learn a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fun chat, so <laughs> tune in.
1: Um, we've got links to all of Corey's stuff in the show notes, so check those out and make sure that you follow Corey on Instagram because she is awesome. And I also love following her. Yeah,
0: cool. I'll see you there in the recording. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs>
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to another creative chat with fellow creatives. Um, today's a little different than the last couple. I usually talk to people who are multi-passionate actors. Um, but today I'm so excited to have literally one of my BFFs. Um, like as in legitimately a BFF from Life. We've known each other since we were 14. Um, Emily Golden, who is a book coach and an author herself. And we're going to be talking about the importance of art. And even, she said this, I'm stealing her words, even when the world, and especially when the world feels like it's burning. Um, so in other words, when things feel like they're not going the way that you, like not just in your life, but the world globally. There's so much going on. Hi, Emily. She's coming in. Um, wait for her to join. And um, anyway, so she there. Here we go. Cool, cool. Together and. A small town in maine where we we both grew up in small towns in maine uh not in the same small town but we were together a small so <laughs> hi you. welcome welcome how are you guys you? your, oh,
0: your intro i feel like you were on a roll and then i was like <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: it's all good no, I'm really just practicing my vamping style at the beginning of this thing. It's always so awkward because it's like, I having an interview, but I have here. to wait no, for I'm them to do it.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you.
1: I feel like I should just start doing some kind of like interpretive dance at the beginning of these things until, because inevitably my yeah. spiel always gets interrupted and I don't know where I am because lack of sleep with newborn and...
0: Mm.
1: multitasking is not a thing that I'm capable of doing right now. Um, quick <laughs> tangent about that. Last mm-hmm. night I went out to eat with Ben, my husband, like, for those who are watching. I know. Um, <laughs> I <just> asked. <laughs> and he asked, well, he was like, okay, do you want to like wrap yeah. this up to take home? Because we obviously didn't finish. And I looked at him and I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I didn't think that was hard but I'm like it literally took me that long Your to process what you make and mail like girl no I don't no. know what to tell you
0: yeah yeah it really is <sighs> anyway hi Emily I'm so excited Thanks for coming on I was like prepping uh, this morning and then it went too. through a lot of emotions so I'm very excited <laughs> to be here
1: oh yay um well I'll let you introduce sure. yourself
0: first and kind yeah. of Tell people about your everybody. Hi, Molly. I see you. Um, (laughs) I am Emily Golden. I am the golden half of Golden May. Um, My business partner is Rachel May, and we are book coaches. And so we work with writers, fiction writers um, on how to build their books from the ground up. Um, And we do that through one-on-one coaching. And then um, we have a lot of online resources. We have a podcast called story magic. Um, Uh, Um, so we have our podcast. We've got a blog. We have a, a pretty, um, awesome email newsletter that goes out regularly where we just talk about writing craft, but also mindset process, lifestyle tips and tricks and stories and, um, and stuff like that. We love, um, we love helping writers, figure out what works for them, because there's a lot of bullshit out there about, sorry, can I swear on this? Um, okay. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, all uh, There's a lot of bullshit out there on what writing should look like and how it should be. And we are all about helping writers figure out what works for them at a craft level, at a process level and all of that. So yeah, one-on-one coaching. And then we have our community called Tenacious Writing, which is a, it's a lifetime access community that has like endless resources on how to write your book, how to build a process that works for you, how to strengthen your mindset and a community of folks who can give you feedback and support and everything. So yeah, that's me. And I've been friends with Corey for forever. Ever. Like, like literally more than half
1: of our lives at this point, which is insane to me, but <laughs> also not. Anyway. Oh, also I'm, but if you didn't see in the story, she's the
0: someone who gave me this. <laughs> coffee mug which is, or,
1: which is my favorite I love it. anyway um so Emily and I decided that we wanted to come on and have a chat because uh, we've talked I because we've been friends for so long I you know followed your journey yeah. through deciding to become a book coach and deciding to lean into your writing and Writing has always been such a big part of who you are. I mean, I remember in history, mm-hmm. we were working on novels. You
0: were probably, like the one person who knew, <laughs>
1: and uh, like was
0: you and my boyfriend. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I really, I kept it a really secret. <laughs> well, I remember sitting in your room yeah, and like reading I drafts. Were, like the things. only one who looked at stuff. It's so funny. Anyway, <laughs> continue.
1: <laughs> I feel so
0: honored
1: now. <laughs> um. But you didn't go to school for writing. You went to school for environmental. What did you actually study? Environmental science? Yeah. So, and for the beginning of your, you know, professional young adult life, that's what you leaned into. And I remember the shift, like when you were toying with the idea of making this shift, there were a lot of emotions there. Can you talk a little bit about what you were struggling with and and how you actually yeah. decided to make yeah. the decision i to mean i the think
0: the first the, the biggest shift came when i decided to write which was years before i decided to do the business um because i i did i haven't been writing forever i took a i took a break um a pretty long break. Um, and it's so funny that you remember me writing in high school because that's not a time where I think of myself as writing a lot I we were more doing theater, which was still art, right? Um, and so I kind of yeah. looped those two things together in this, yeah, in this kind of conversation. Well, oh, it's art, it's right? And that was what I lost for a while was art. Um, and so I was, when I was thinking about it this morning, I was like, yeah, I was a super creative child. You, we met in high school, but when I was like super little, i was i did all the singing and all the i wrote picture books and i did theater and all that stuff <clears throat> um but i've always i mean you know my family so i i i love that i get to have this conversation with you because like you get it um and i feel like i was taught from a really young age both intentionally and unintentionally that like selflessness and sacrifice and like hustle were the ways that you kind of made yourself worthy. And and mm-hmm. so when I think back on kind of how I moved away from art, it was a lot of that. Where it was like, A, you have to make money because you're gonna have to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, like, you know, you're supposed to sacrifice and hustle and like do all these good things in the world um in order to be like worthy of something. And so I I ended up going into environmentalism, which is hilarious because a lot of that was because of your stepdad, who was my science teacher in high school. Um, But he, through his environmental science class and like, you know, my grandfather's like big on climate change stuff and things like that. I got it in my head at the end of high school, I think that like art wasn't wasn't sacrificed. right it wasn't like sacrificial enough and it wasn't reliable but i think it was both of those things we talk a lot about how like we get pushed away from art because it can't make money but i think for me it was also like it's a selfish thing to do like because i had mentors telling me i should go to school for (laughs) theater which you did do i don't want to talk about your decision to do that um because i didn't do that um because other reasons i just said so in college i i didn't write i didn't do theater i didn't do any kind of art i like threw myself into environmental justice stuff and social justice stuff and all of that and there's nothing wrong with that but i think i really lost track of like like who i was (laughs) and so when i when i came out of um came out of college and then i you know like i got the degree I did all the extracurriculars, you know, I got the resume, I got the job and I was working at a, a, an environmental nonprofit with like a secure salary. It wasn't a lot of money. I don't know what part of me thought that I would make a lot of money in environmental size. I was like, Oh, environmental consultants make money. I was like, Emily, like, you don't want to do that. Um, so, but I had this stable job, like I had done the thing. And then I just like, I had this—I don't know. It was a—it was a summer, I think, where I was just like, "What now? Like, who am I anymore?" <laughs> I did the thing, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel the way I thought that it would. Um, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Anyway, before I keep going, no, please keep going. Um, so, yes. So this is what I was thinking about this morning because I like that summer is so vivid in my head. I had the job, and I started biking. Um, I started biking to work, which is like 12 miles of like this really pretty countryside. Um, And while I was biking, I would listen to podcasts. And so one of the things that I discovered, and you probably remember me discovering Brene Brown (laughs) because I was like very into it, but I think I was drawn to her conversations about vulnerability and like owning yourself because that like, I wasn't doing that. Um, And so I was just like consuming all of her stuff. And I didn't really know why. And I came across her interview with Elizabeth Gilbert on Magic Lessons, which is a podcast that Elizabeth did like two seasons of or something like a billion years ago. Um, and I found that episode and it was all about creativity. And I remember being like, oh, my God, <laughs> like I miss being creative um and so but for like weeks in the back of my mind I was like you could start writing a story again if you wanted and I was like no that's stupid fantasy is dumb it's 2016 like it was literally 2016 the world was like falling apart no one knew what was gonna happen I was like why would I (laughs) it's so dumb and then I listened to this one podcast and I pulled it up this morning I started listening to it and I was like crying (laughs) again because it's just so good do you mind if i read okay <clears throat> so basically she was talking elizabeth gilbert was talking to this woman named joe who wanted to be have, have you ever listened to this did i ever send it to you she wanted to be a comedy she wanted to be a comedian you might have but- and instead she became a holocaust researcher <laughs> so this That's woman shit. was like I, like, she basically had burned herself out getting her PhD in Holocaust research. And she was like, all I want to do is write comedy, but that seems so dumb. And, um, and Elizabeth Gilbert was, like, talking her through this. And um, and so I, I pulled this quote because it just, like, oh, it punches me. So this is Elizabeth Gilbert talking. And she said, oftentimes I talk to people who feel a sort of general underlying vibrational sense of malaise. And they're sort of walking around in a mist with their hands outstretched, you know, looking for something to grab a hold to, you know, in the middle of this just misty soup of confusion. You don't have that, she said to Joe. She said, You have, you don't just have a calling, you have a screaming. Because this woman knew she wanted to be a comedian. And I was just like, This is me. I'm just walking around in a misty (laughs) soup of confusion. And she, and so that was like. That was the moment when I started to think, like, I have to do something for me. Like, I've spent six years building my life. But that's not the same as, like, building me, right? Um, and so I have more notes on what she said, but I think we're probably going to get to it. <laughs> I want to give you a chance. Because you never, did you ever have that? Like, I feel like you have always been following your creativity. <laughs> But I'm sure that you've had ups and downs of like what that's looked like.
1: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think just like what you were saying, how your parents and like the environment no. you were raised in influenced you, I obviously, like, I, I think everybody would say that that's true for them. And the things that really <laughs> resonated with me from my childhood, it's funny that I'm having this conversation. My, my mom job. is literally outside the store right now. I have no idea if she's has listening. <laughs> She's watching, watching my littlest one. Um, but anyway, it, my dad always and like always spewed yeah. the "find a job you love and never work another day" mentality on me. Which I know some people have a love hate relationship with it. I personally love that expression. I don't think it means that um, that it's not ever going to feel like work in the sense that you, you're it's hard. Yeah. Heart- you know that you have effort behind it and passion but i think the idea being if you're passionate about something that hard work is still joyful and it can still light you up and that's how i feel about acting and coaching um and and storytelling and filmmaking (laughs) where was i going with this oh um (laughs) so i always knew that acting was part of my life um and I never really swayed from that, but I wasn't always sure that I wanted to pursue it professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I did study it in That's school, true. but Let I was just biology, like biology. Uh, and I
0: kidding.
1: also, <laughs> I'm just going to do all the things. I also got certified <laughs> like as an elementary school teacher. Like, do we remember this? I didn't like, what I, are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm covering my bases. (laughs) That's what I was doing. Um, Because I didn't know, I didn't even know if I wanted to even try to pursue acting professionally until I think I made the decision like my senior year. And it was because of um, my college boyfriend, Adon. Um, He was two years older than me. And so he Graduated my sophomore year, and he and his brother immediately went to pursue acting. <laughs> <laughs> then we broke up. and I'm not gonna lie, there was a part of, like a vindictive part of me that was like,
0: oh, If they can do it, of course, I there can was do it. it's like your whole
1: personality. Like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> so that I didn't really decide that I was going to pursue acting until like my senior year of of acting senior year of college um and then I never looked back like once I was in it I was in it but of course there are ups and downs and there are always times when I'm like am I like the enoughness question is always there am I enough am I doing enough am I talented enough am I you know young enough still I'm you know I'm in my 30s now like is it too late for me it's not, but every now and then there's, mm-hmm. you know, you get that little devil voice in the back of your head that's telling you, um, but I have a very, very similar experience of co- falling away from and then coming back yeah. to, ironically, mm-hmm. writing, as you do. Yeah. I also wrote <laughs> children's books as a young child before we knew each other, and I don't know if you remember this, but I did like a writing competition when we were in high school um, that it was like a small small little writing. I'm sure you don't remember. It was like tiny. Um, but it was it was actually, I like wish I never had done that um, competition because worst. it was devastating. That was me. Because
0: me in I, I didn't in college that I auditioned for and didn't get into. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Destroys right? you. Right?
1: As soon as you open yourself up and you don't get yeah. the validation that your like tiny yeah. little broken ego needs, it's like, it, it can be devastating. And that's why I I like I hate competitions around art now because that that did it for me I you know there were like I forget how many entrants and and it was a conflict. Comp- like I had to be invited to even participate mm-hmm. in this so that should have been enough to like validate me and be like yeah. and it, I got excited tired, I got invited to kid. do this competition like, that means something right I didn't not only did I not win which is like what I was hoping oh. for one of my friends did win like the whole thing she won the first place yeah and I didn't even place I didn't, I didn't even, even
0: call place
1: back in like the top 10 percent or <laughs> whatever it was
0: right it's it's exactly yeah it's so, so it was there was a girl that I met it was like the first week of school and this girl that I met she's like I've never done theater before and I was like I've done all the theater and then she got in and I did it and I was like well I guess I'm done with you <laughs> like it's horrible it's horrible yeah. Like, it's so that's interesting funny.
1: I didn't know that about the writing <clears throat> yeah and I actually I didn't come back to any form of writing I mean I took a yeah. creative writing class later in high school that was apparently like the joke class and I didn't realize that I ended up being up oh. all the people who just mm-hmm. wanted to fill an elective yeah. and didn't care and I was like I actually care about this class and then that was the last creative writing I did until after college I was mm. in New York. Mm. I did the Artist Way, thinking that it would be like a fun yeah. thing to do for my acting, and all of the things that kept coming up
0: for me. Oh my God, that's so writing. funny! Because the up- Artist Way was part of my coming back to writing too. Because you sent it to me. Because I was like, like, I think I might start writing again, and you were like, Here's this book, and then I I remember. Yes, yeah, I want to talk. yeah continue. I I want to come back to that. Um, cause I want to talk about like the, the social, like the justice stuff and like the world's burning, but continue before we get there.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I was almost, almost there. The idea being like the artist way, like I went into it totally not expecting. I was like, I don't need to heal. I am living an artist's life. Like I am artistically fulfilled. And then I was like, (gasps) I was writing like all these, it just like everything that kept coming up was like about writing. And I'm like, I'm an actor. And that was part of how I, you know, came to embrace the multi-passionate title that I now wear with pride. Um, And writing is part of that, you know, it's not necessarily the, long novels I imagined yeah. I would be writing as a child. Now it's more in the it's vein of screenwriting. Storytelling. It yeah, fits yeah, yeah. my style of writing mm-hmm. way better. Yeah, I mean, storytelling is storytelling and writing is writing. Um, just the different forms of expressing that same story. Um, although I might start writing oh, in some like actual okay, novel yeah. writing soon. Well t- will <laughs> I'm about to do the artist play <laughs> again, as you know. So
0: maybe that will That's come so this funny. time. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. Oh, this lame. But yeah, okay. So yes. Let's talk about the world burning. Because that that's like about my biggest. Hard. Gosh, it's so hard. And the number of yeah. times that I hear people who are like, "It's so hard to," you know, I work with a lot of. I work with fiction writers exclusively, right? So they're making stuff up. It's not like nonfiction writers who are, you know, do it's. That's a whole other thing. But like with fiction stories, I think it's oftentimes we right. can convince ourselves that it's frivolous and kind of dumb and like doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of what's going on because the novels that i work with we spend a lot of time writing every day you know like it's a it's a big chunk of our day and it's there can be these questions especially with, with folks who are really empathetic and in tune with the suffering of the world that you know that time could be spent on other things um and it can make your writing feel silly um, and that's totally where I was at because I think I had just sort of started writing again when you sent me the artist's way. And I rem- I will never forget that one activity where she has you write, like, I wish, and then just write down what comes to your mind. And you're supposed to write it like 20 times or like however many times. And I was like, this is dumb. I know what I wish. And then I started writing it. And I just like spiraled into this, like, this deep sense of like, I just wish I didn't have all this weight on my shoulders, like that I could just do what I want to do. Right. And explore what I want to explore and not feel this pressure to fix things. At this point, I was deep in the climate conversation, like fix something. That's not my fault. (laughs) Right. Like, um, and that no one else seems to care about. (laughs) Um, and so it, it was like this awakening of, I, I can't, do those like they don't have to be mutually exclusive like i can write and i can have fun and i can be frivolous frivolous we'll come back to that and you know work on justice and i would argue that like you need both of those things right right you can't just fight <laughs> like because then you forget what you're fighting for um and i think that that is so important and that was one of the other quotes that i wanted to pull from this episode so the episode that everyone should listen to is called You Have a Calling, You Have a Screaming, Not a Calling, um, and it's on the Magic Lessons podcast. And um, Liz Gilbert was talking about this Jack Gilbert poem about the world suffering, and it kind of goes through like all the ways that people are suffering in the world. And then he says, if we deny our happiness and resist our satisfaction, we lessen the importance of their deprivation. Right. So like if we're not living a life that's worth saving, then like we lessen the importance of saving them. <laughs> um and I thought that was so brilliant because like and this is what I tell my writers all the time is like you have to be whole in order to, to help others. Like you have to be. And creativity is like an essential thing. <laughs> like if you if you aren't fueling it and feeding it in whatever way is right for you, a part of you diminishes and that makes it more and more difficult to do you know, that work that you want to do for others, whether it's parenting or whether it's teaching or whether it's, you know, fighting for racial justice or against climate change or things like that, right? You can't do that work if you're not whole. (laughs) Like, and I just feel like I've lived it and I wholeheartedly believe it. And that's kind of when it comes to the business shift, that was what I had to really remind myself not tell myself but remind myself it's like this work is important like I'm helping make writers whole and they are sharing like we could also go into art changes people right and so it's important but I think what I have come to learn is it changes you and it makes you more whole and that makes you more available to show up um and I just oh this episode is so good I'm so glad I re-listened to it this morning I was like oh my god you're
1: so right. <laughs> <Sobbing>. <laughs> I'll be sure to include the um the name and all of that info in the caption. And you know who Sarah Jones is, right? Uh, so anybody Do knows you know what who knows Sarah Jones,
0: Jones is. Hmm? She's an actress. She's a comedian who has like many personalities um, that she inhabits. Um, she's Please. she's amazing. So she on the podcast Liz interviews these like. You know, normal folks about their art issues, and then she invites a guest, like a professional artist guest, on. And Sarah Jones is the guest. I think it's Sarah Jones as the guest for um for that episode. And so you have two comedians and Liz, so it's also hilarious. <laughs> it's so good.
1: I, I love it. I love it. I'm like
0: literally <laughs> gonna go listen to
1: it right now. Um, but yeah. So you said you wanted to come uh, back to yes. frivolous.
0: Yeah. I think it, it, it's multi-fold, right? What I was just talking about. And then it's not frivolous because it's fueling you and your life and making you a whole human being. But it's also not frivolous because people need art. Like we need it. <laughs> I, I like to think back to like COVID. Mm-hmm. Like what did you do during COVID? Yeah. Just I was going to say that. Okay, what did you do? Right. Question. Right. <laughs>
1: Um I watched Tiger King and, and a million other shows mm-hmm. The Office for the first time which I have now it. watched
0: but like, that's, that's a million times I know <gasps> I know yeah. That's everybody's like Yeah Okay but <laughs> it's me so we know we know Um but anyway yeah you watched <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like to say that um I think that obviously this is true, but like Tiger King's producers definitely caused COVID because there's no way it ever would have been that popular if it had come out any other time. But it was like COVID was like the perfect time (laughs) for it to come out, and it just like exploded. It's so
0: true, though. Like,
1: but yeah, I mean that's the point. We we read books, we watched TV and and movies, and i mean people, people made art know. people start like i can't and tell you how many like, people all of a sudden it's
0: called like documentary of his COVID experience like we all uh, connected inside. with that yeah so uh yeah he yeah. wrote we consumed right art kept us literally sane. literally kept us sane and 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 i like to bring that up because rachel and i talk, talk a lot about how art has the power to change people which i deeply believe is true right when fiction writers come to write a story, they have a message they want to share through their character 's journey, and that by living through a character 's journey, your reader can go and experience that change as well right We can learn to empathize with things that we don't experience we can learn um, change our minds about things we can you know p- you can change literally change the world of the art, but you don't have to for it to be important and I think CoVID is a great example, right People need escape, we need joy, we need laughter we need um you know, it alleviates pain. It helps us remind us we're not alone, right? Like, there's a million reasons why we consume art, and like, it, there's a re- reason that the romance industry is so freaking huge, <laughs> like, because love, yeah, like, has a power over people to keep us, you know, to keep our heads above water in times that are really hard. Um, and so, like, whatever your art is, I don't even care. It's important, and then. And also if you're making art and it's just for you and you're not showing it to anyone else, but it fulfills you, that's also important, right? So it's not frivolous on any of the levels. It can change people. It can make people's lives better back. and it can change you. And that's enough. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. Did I disappear? Mm. And you bring, I was like, she's really <laughs> feeling feelings.
1: <laughs> no, my I have a, I have a time limit on my Instagram and it was like you've reached your time limit. I'm like, I
0: don't care. Give me back in there. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. No worries. I, I think I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but no, it's so true and it, it, like there are so many reasons that art is important. And like you were saying whether or not it's I think that it's important I'm really terrible folks. <laughs> I should have prepped more. Like your prepping. I you never think I well, like this morning. I oh, like, I'm I'm not see them all okay.
0: Gilbert. Like, podcasts and I need to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think this is Gilbert as well.
1: I don't want to be wrong, though, so I'm not <laughs> going to say with 100% certainty that this is Gilbert. But I, there was somebody like Elizabeth Gilbert, if not Elizabeth Gilbert herself, who talks about... I'm pretty sure it is, because I'm pretty sure it's from Big Magic. But um, talks about the fact that, like, you, you mm. she she creates for herself. And if other people... Yeah get value from that wonderful and amazing and that's important but the initial creation is for her and I was like oh I don't have to like I I still feel this even with art sometimes that it's like okay but like what's the big like societal message but yeah like why am I making this what big important thing am I leaning into and then I was I was literally thinking about this last night as I was going to bed because there's a A short that I wrote years ago that uh we haven't made yet. And um because I'm still tinkering with it and because it's it would be an expensive short to make, so we just haven't gone there yet. But um it it addresses some very sensitive topics, um, like assisted suicide. And I'm like, if I make this film, am I sending the message that I am, you know, either supportive of or against this very hot topic in the medical world and like do I want yeah. to tie myself with that messaging and then I was like or I'm just telling a story about two people and their experience and it
0: can yeah.
1: just be that and it can you know maybe it is a conversation starter or maybe it isn't but like maybe I can just tell the story yeah. that like my soul is telling me yeah. this- Tell, and that's okay, and whatever comes from it comes from it. But I think it's important to know the impact that your art can have before you're releasing it, but not during the creation process. Yeah, that can be so stilted.
0: Yeah, it can be. And I think this also comes to like, there's the importance of or like the impact of the message, right? But there's also the reach, right? I, I have a lot of writers who get hung up on is it worth writing this story? if i don't know if anyone will ever choose me to publish it right and um writing the book with the main goal of getting it you know being chosen to have it be published is a really fast way to <laughs> send yourself into burnout um you have to find that reason why you're writing it for yeah. you in, um and make that the primary motivator um because if external validation is that motivator it's just going to be a miserable time um but yeah i totally totally
1: agree I love that yeah it's the same I mean I see that with screenwriters and actors too like uh screenwriters first because it's the more like the easier comparison is that um like if I write this movie will someone make it or will I be able to get financing for it will film festivals like it will it find an audience like will I get distribution will I make money from it Or even. Will I be able to make it? Because is it is it too expensive to have this shot? And so let's not do that shot. Let's, you know, do something different. And I find myself falling into that all the time because I call it like producer mm-hmm. brain versus like writer brain. And I have to I have to take producer brain and I have to put producer brain away
0: <laughs> and just yeah. write
1: the story that needs to happen. And then when that's story is then finished and ready to go forward yeah. okay then producer brain can come back and like if some things need to be mm-hmm. tweaked then then that's when that happens but it's not when the idea is a baby and being created and formed and like let's get the idea to like at yeah. least you know late teens and then yeah. kind of push them into the real world yeah, and see absolutely. what happens i totally
0: but- agree i think my cat is yeah. but might be drinking from the toilet <laughs> Abby, the Oh, great. Um, Which one? <laughs> Whatever. I'll deal it later. Anyway. Oh, oh, Abby. Oh.
1: Well, I could talk to you forever, Emily, but I want to be respectful of your time, too. Um, so we should, we should definitely we do this again anything? because
0: we should, also have we we should to just to have remember. a fresh <laughs>
1: Newborn. <laughs> but I. But before we go i want to um i want to ask you like what from um what can people watching this do to support you um and what resources do you have for people yeah. you okay.
0: kind of mentioned that oh, close out um, jump yeah, so i've got uh, my one on one coaching program is called um story magic you can find you can find basically everything about me on goldenmayediting.com um and i'm sure you'll put that in notes somewhere um uh, but um but yeah you can find me um on instagram at emily golden edits and um you can find um, some free resources from me on the the blog on my website um our email list me and rachel's email list um is also linked on the website we've got um a couple of free resources on the website we have a um a second day email course on how to make a character arc and we also have a free downloadable um keys guide to uh scene structure and both of those are are on the website we have our podcast called story magic um and then we have our community called tenacious writing um which has craft mindset and community resources for writers um it's basically everything that you need to build a writing life that fulfills you um and you can find that at tenaciouswriting.com awesome (laughs)
1: Well, thanks for chatting, Emily. Um, It's been awesome. I will obviously tag you in this and we'll post it everywhere. So if you're just joining now, don't worry, you'll be able to catch the replay.
0: Love you so much. I told you mom I said hi. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, the
1: magic of character arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night.
0: Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye.